tonight on Rogue Quadrant. Hey, Madrigast. What the fuck? Eggwatch. In the Garden of Effigies, there's a naked lady in this one. <laughs> and Kairos is Kairos? Are there effigies in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's the best joke we're going to have all night. It's the best joke we're going to have all night. We should just wrap it up here. Yeah. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> and with that, this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Season 20, Mission 5, Episode 159 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we are continuing with Alphabet Squadron, Victory's Price by Alexander Shadowson Freed, Chapters 14 through 16. Not like, you know, very important things happen in these chapters. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but before that, here is a quick reminder of your hosts. Good. He... I would like to meet them. Good. You're gonna. Great. If he... <laughs> Rogue 3 was a Dungeons and Dragons class that he <gasps> would find the most difficult to play. It would be the Game Master because that's just too much work and prep to do. <laughs> no, I want to show up when it's time and then do it. I don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. Someone else. And even that, that part is like, mm, okay, optional. <laughs> Rogue 7 would be bad at playing a fighter because it would be really challenging to have all that armor and weapons as a duck. <laughs> I did once play a fighter in a campaign. Uh, difficult for me. Not great. Not great class for me because uh, I want to go punch everything. Which, but I played a old, like a middle-aged uh, veteran lesbian lumberjack. So, yeah. I oh, that at least. Not a duck. Not a duck. Meg, this one wasn't a duck. Meg getting into D and D is one of my favorite subplots of 2021. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited. Surprise. I will. I will slowly get all of you to do a D and D campaign for this podcast. Um, oh I, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Ash, because I have a very specific character that I want to do, but I feel very uncomfortable having dinner be the DM when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. I got you. Yeah. Am I editing that out or we're good here? No, that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Danny, Rogue Six, would find it challenging to play a barbarian because they just bottle up their anger on the inside and then never go into a rage. Wait, <laughs> Wait I, was, I was like agreeing with you until it, it got to the roasting part. Yeah, it got to a roasting part. Someone's got to be roasted every Someone's week. Be Danny's roasted. turn. I have and to I say... 
Three months into HRT, three months, three weeks into HRT. I was like, what? Yeah, time flies when you're having estrogen. Uh, I, one of the first, like, noticeable effects is supposed to be, like, mood swings and, like, more dramatic emotional. And so far, the only mood that I've gotten increased and more dramatically is irritability. So that's fun. Thanks a lot. I gotta say, I gotta say that tracks for, like, my entire hormonal experience in life. Ash Roganine would be really bad at playing the friend who knows what the DM is going to do and trying not to react and give it away to the rest of the party. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very good at keeping, listen, I'm very good at keeping game secrets. You can ask Danny and Seth. They never know what I'm doing for the most part. I never know what you're doing. Um, to be fair, I don't like I know so much about DD. I've like read the books and everything. I don't remember shit about it. Somebody asked me a question. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Hold up. Like, how do you play a mage? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Even though I play a mage like every time. <laughs> when do you say you've read the books at everything? Yeah, I've read like all of the D books. Like the guidebooks. Like the guidebooks are like there's like novel, like there's a book universe. But there is a book universe. There is a book universe. There is a book universe. Yeah. But I haven't read any of that shit. But it's not. Do I look like someone that reads fantasy? (laughs) Isn't that just a (laughs) fantasy novel? Yeah. It's yeah, like D D is in this uh uh the location of D D is in this world called the Forgotten Realms. And there's books in the Forgotten Realms. There's a lot of stuff with the Forgotten Realms. Wow. Then I Meg drug leader and i don't ever want to play any magic users because that shit is too confusing for my high strength and low wisdom intelligence staff <laughs> meg and i are the opposites in that one i think <laughs> give me give me stuff i can hit with <laughs> physical damage only baby that's why you play a barbarian so well you, you just get to hit things yeah. and be mad it's great it's my favorite <laughs> I'm playing a monk called Kairos in one of my campaigns, and she is very Kairos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like how Dylan plays Dexter Jetster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Danny, sometimes, Saf, and I are, sometimes. Danny, Saf, and I are all in a D&D campaign, and we have characters such as actual Dexter Jetster, Saf as just a big-ass duck, and <laughs> our friend Brooklyn. It's basically just our friend Brooklyn, but two inches taller. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love Dandy so much. Just two inches taller. She's, she's yeah. living the, the dream. Difference. So now she's like 5'10. That's, that's the power fantasy right there. Except if I was two inches taller, I still yeah, wouldn't be the normal height. She's 5'10 instead of 5'8. You couldn't have shot for the stars. <laughs> be six foot. Like, what's holding you back? One day I'm going to play a seven foot tall character. I'm currently. It'll, it'll be a seven foot tall duck. We know. Who's yeah. to say that your duck isn't a seven foot tall duck? I mean, we've never. That's a really good point. The height. Also, certainly, <laughs> Kairos duck... is at least seven feet tall. Okay, that's true. Um, actually, yeah, she's a giant. <laughs> my duck is bigger than Master Chief, which is my only uh, scale for height, which is unfortunate because I don't actually know how tall that is. <laughs> I just know he's a big boy. So one and a third him, Master Chief. They're very tall. big boy. <laughs> okay. Ash, do you have a Star Wars question for us? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, 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 I did not think of one. Give me a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah! I was like, wow, you're so prepared. <laughs> uh, I have a question about Star Wars. Um, what are, what are our thoughts on the, uh, the Bad Batch? 
which is I mean, you already know my thoughts. I'm excited for these. Okay, actually, wait, I have two parts of this. One <laughs> one bit, I'm excited for these stupid soldier There's boys. There's layers because... to your answer. There are layers. There are layers. I'm excited for the stupid soldier boys because that's my that's my shit. Um on the other on the on the flip this it's a coin. You flip that coin over and like why are they so white? And also must we have D. Bradley Baker voice the clones? So those are my two opinions on that. This is like <clears throat> how I feel about every Star Wars ever, right? Mm. I'm excited about it. But why is the racism? <laughs> yeah, why why continue this? There Except for a lot of Star Wars, it's only the second half of that coin. <laughs> yeah. There are two wolves inside a man. One is constantly screaming, screaming fuck Dave Filoni. So that's kind of where I'm yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that that probably makes Filoni harsh. extra sad that it's a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dave Filoni's not the creative director of this, is he? No, but I'm... I'm fairly sure he's pretty heavily involved. He's got to be involved. He's, it's a he's Clone Wars producer. era animated. Ex- yeah. And I Rex just feel like there. we're a little bit safe because he's probably too busy with Mandalorian to have like a huge heavy hand in it. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, yeah, it's it's the thing of like, I love Super Soldier Boys. That's like my thing. Um, obviously, you I did just talk about Master Chief. Boy. <laughs> I know. Even though I say I'm like Soldier Boy, <laughs> it was taking everything in me to just not start singing Soldier Boy. Got a Superman the hole. It's the theme song for the show. <laughs> so excited for the excited for the Super Soldier guys. Um, Thank you. Because that's my type. Uh, not super excited for like seeing how white they all look in the thing like i get that they're like genetic mutations or whatever the fuck but i'm like must they be white must the genetic well, mutation like, be is white is that the watching? commentary white people are mutations <laughs> the genetic mutation <laughs> I mean, is genetic is lighter skin and more anglicized features like no yeah. no well, and there's and there's no. some particularly terrible context with that because they're supposed to have like quote unquote beneficial mutations yeah and i'm like mm. Yeah, I did not know that. It's not yeah. just a genetic and mutation. It's... That is bad. <laughs> that is it's very bad. So I've got those. I've got those. T- that that coin is like constantly just spinning inside of my head right now. My uh, my thoughts on the Bad Batch are: I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same. That's the beauty of Star Wars is you can just not watch shit now because there's so much shit. I mean, uh, I don't care uh, about the Clone Wars. So I always I always forget. This is a thing that's happening until there's a new trailer or a new poster. Also, or wait. And I see tweets about it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that thing I don't care about at all. Yeah. Saul Guerrero is gonna be in it, which is a, one reason I'm really excited because I love him so much. He's is one of my favorite Star characters ever. Coming back to voice him. I will uh, possibly. I will watch a compilation of the Fennec Shand scenes on YouTube. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, just, with the- I'm just waiting for Twitter to tell me exactly what happens because that'll happen three minutes after the episode comes out. So like, yeah, I'm going to get the parts that I want, which I at this current part, I don't think there's any parts that I really want. Um, so, yeah, I think great, great for everybody who's excited as long as they understand the problematic nature of this show. But like, I'm having a really good time not watching anything new besides anime. <laughs> like I haven't seen the MCU stuff. I'm just here, just being yeah, like- Yeah, I'm not watching the new MCU thing. It's great choosing just not to like, watch things. Oh, what if I just watch Doom starring Carl Urban and Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Oh my God, <laughs> yes. Always You're clearly making the, be- the better life choices. <laughs> Netflix is like, I do think it's a little red therapy on Bad Batch is watch anime and Doom. 
Yep. I do think it's a little ridiculous that Tem isn't voicing them at this point. It's fucking ah, 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 <laughs> Deep Rally Baker's exit sucks. He's been doing this for so long. Like it's literally impossible for like people who aren't from this country to do our accent. It's just it it's bad. Every time they do it, it's bad. It sucks. They end up either turning like South African or like Australian or some weird mix of the two. And it's just like, my favorite thing about it is like everyone else in the world is just like, yeah, the accent's good. He does a really good accent. If I'm watching the Clone Wars in my house and literally anyone else walks into the room, they're like, what the fuck is that accent? That's terrible. So like. It's a New Zealand accent. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. It's it's really bad. Uh, put Dee Bradley Baker back to voicing animals and stuff. Um, and then give us Tim. He's great at, and he's so animals. good at voicing animals. So good at opera. <laughs> He's so good at like every animal in Avatar. Just put it's him back like, there. It's like how Alan Tudyk is now this person who does the voice of like animals in the movies and not actually a speaking role because yeah. he was Hey Hey from Moana and then he was Tuck Tuck in Raya. And I'm just like, <laughs> thanks, like token white guy. <laughs> to there's yeah, there's this clip. There's this clip that I of Alan Tudyk that I love very much, where he's like making chicken noises from Moana, and then he does them, and he's like, "I went to Juilliard," <laughs> <laughs> and then he signed up again to be the armadillo in Raya. So like, as someone who loves job, dude, <laughs> as someone who makes the weird voices in Rogue Quadrant quite often, like, I take that job. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Had that portfolio. Though I didn't go to Juilliard, so you know. No. <laughs> Listen, if I could just right. play robots and chickens for the rest of my life, great. God, I would be I mean, so and, happy. And the 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 smarmy on the outside, golden heart on the inside characters that you're very good at voicing. <clears throat> you are very good at voicing them. Um, speaking of smarmy on the outside, golden hearts on the inside. Thank you, Meg, for that. Uh, let's talk about Victory's Price, aka the expense of success, chapters fourteen to sixteen. <laughs> I've reached a point now where I have these end jokes, right? That I've been doing for so long, but I'm reaching a point where I'm running out of synonyms for things. You're doing great. We're so close. We are so close. I know. When I was writing my Surin Keys bit today, I was like, yeah. I'm so glad we're so close this to the is end like of this. MBA seminar Surin Keys. <laughs> Last time on Alphabet Squadron, Erica Quell is found out as a traitor and found by Chess, Nechadic, and Kairos. She's beaten to a bloody pulp by her former squad mate and finds herself once again in a sticky situation of her own making. Chess, Nechadic has Quell at her side once again, but not in the way she wanted. She is angry at Quell's betrayal, at Kairos's unwillingness to kill non-Imperials, even under threat, and her own perceived weaknesses. Nath Tencent leads Hail Squadron on a sneak attack to bomb the Raiders, sabotaging the ring satellites. When the plan goes awry and Warlock challenges Major Dickhead soaring keys to a deathmatch, Nath is forced, once again, to do the hero's work, unable to help Will. Will Luck knows their mission must succeed to save as many Chidawan lives as possible. So when they're forced to retreat, he faces Keys in a one-on-one -on -one duel to buy time for Nath and Hale. He flies his best and relishes in the flight, but he can't win against Keys. Kairos lets Chas hunt for Quell while she prepares the Ewing for takeoff. When Chas drags Quell back to the ship, they're attacked by the outpost defenses. Kairos shuts off the ship's power to play dead, and they survive the attack but their hyperdrive and navy computer are knocked out and they're unable to leave the planet. Colonel Catman Soren Keys, aboard the Yadis, agrees to the duel because his duties, as the big cheese, require vengeance for their dead buddies against their nemeses. 
He soars the galactic seas with Will, whose flying is nothing to sneeze at. But when he receives news that Quell's ship has returned with what he believes was some misease, is the answer he seeks, he ceases his play and with a squeeze of the trigger adds another left to a score of tragedies. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> that after that I was like, oh god, I'm so glad there's only a couple chapters left. I did also learn that the word he's spelled H-E-E-Z-E -E -E is a thing, and it's like an archaic, uh, an archaic form of hoist. This comes full circle back to Star Wars, um, which comes from <laughs> the exclamation of Hissa. <laughs> Grandma Hissa! <laughs> who, who we met in Glove of Darth Vader. Everything goes rhymes. back to the Glove of Darth Vader. Wow. Yeah, it all comes back to Glove of Darth it's Vader. Like um, it's like poetry. It's canon. <laughs> It's canon. Um, the captain holds his breath as the door swings open, unsure of what exactly he will meet beyond the threshold. Oh, wow. I always forget <laughs> that I'm supposed to be anxious about what's going on with the captain. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the suspense is putting building. Putting my own fanfic into this. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the time before. <laughs> like the slowest of slow burn. <laughs> Meg, shut the fuck up. You can all shut the fuck up. Never. <laughs> I will not log off. I am not in charge, so I gotta do something. <laughs> Never log off. I am not in charge, so I will cause chaos. <laughs> yeah, basically. Migs will chaos mode now. <clears throat> Chapter 14, Negation uh, of Ideological sorry. Choices. <laughs> I, my, my Kindle ran out of battery as soon <laughs> And like as soon as Nath started running, my Kindle just shut off, and I was like, <laughs> "It was trying to protect you." It was. It was. <clears throat> the tide of battle over Chidawa is changing, or the particle tide is at least. Hera gives the order to move in on the Yadis. Shadowwing's freighter is trying to disengage from battle, but they're not about to let that happen. If they really are fleeing, it means the end of Chidawa's Cinder. But stopping Cinder isn't why Alphabet Squadron was created. Stopping Shadowing is their core goal. If this is their chance to trap Shadowing between the Deliverance and Madrigast forces, Hera's not going to let it go. Captain Arvad and Hera exchange looks, and I reckon they like to drink beer together on shore leave. I just want to say that. <clears throat> the Particle Tide <laughs> still hasn't receded fully, so they're not launching the fighters yet. I feel like Hera's no sign... the type of person that like everybody wants to have a beer with just because she like listens to your problems. Yeah. And if you're like missing your mom or something, you just go to Hera and she makes you feel a little better. Yeah, but I think Captain Avad is like her lesbian friend. <clears throat> Captain Avad is definitely a lesbian, lesbian very friend. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Hera's first relationship was extremely high profile, so she just like keeps it all in the DL now going forward. But like, yeah, yeah, the the finger quotes that Ash made on our audio medium are are very uh, relevant like, here. I was right like, because Captain Arvad isn't gonna be like Jason's second mom. It's no. just. You no. know, someone. Harris, I think Harris is a lot, a little casual ish. Yeah, but it's just yeah. someone you know, like, that, like, they were really good, good friends, friends from being, yeah, yeah, in the rebellion. <clears throat> it's just it's the her, Amalyn Holdo. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. Exactly. As they gain, nope, the particle tide still hasn't receded fully, so they're not launching the fighters yet. There's no sign of the Y Wings, and Hera hopes that they're just on the other side of the planet, and that's why they can't see them. As they gain on the UDs, they start firing, but the turbo lasers aren't super effective because of the inverse square law, probably. <laughs> i'm so sorry for putting that in there <clears throat> it's a sci-fi thing about how uh light and energy just becomes less effective over time it's fine don't worry about it hero remembers what it was like being on the other side of the chase <laughs> sorry 
<laughs> I started thinking about the chase with Bradley being a smaller ship under attack by a star destroyer, not a quiz master. Oh, how the turns have tabled. <clears throat> the ED slows to take another ship aboard, and Hera recognizes it as Quell's ship. She tries not to think about the implications of its return and the absence of Chas and Kairos, giving the order to aim the tractor beam. An attack hits from behind. It's the other Star Destroyer, the fuckers. Jesus Avad- Christ. I was so <clears throat> mad. I was so mad. <laughs> like, magic guys, you piece of shit. Never ending for them. <clears throat> They're so close. Avad orders the fighters to launch while they lock onto the Yadis with the tractor beam, but Hera belays the order. She can't. They can't t- fight two fronts here. Hera grabs the comm and asks the Chidawan faction to stand down and help them. They just saved their goddamn planet. But the other destroyer continues to attack while the Yadis pulls away, chased by Wild and Flare. The Chidawan destroyer's shields fail under the Deliverance's barrage, and after the ship's combat center takes significant damage, Hera commands the Deliverance to turn back the Yadis. But the Yadis jumps to hyperspace. Hera is pissed. The Chidawan destroyer continues to fire on them, and she grabs their headset and tells them to stand the fuck down. Do they not realize they've lost? Madrigast is Irish, I guess. I love him. Um, <laughs> Just like Graver. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a little thing about his oh, I miss Graver. I'm just like, oh, he's Irish. I miss Elsa Graver. Graver. <clears throat> Madrigast refuses to surrender, saying the New Republic will not judge them fairly. Almost like this is a theme? A narrative theme, perhaps? Hera tries to appeal to his desire to save his own people's lives, but the unyielding, true to his name, um, continues on a collision course towards the Deliverance. Nothing she says matters, so she tells Avad to do it. I've spelled Avad's name differently every single time I've wrote it in these notes, <laughs> I realized. <laughs> so she tells Avad to do it, and the Deliverance tears the unyielding apart. Hera does not look away. She bears responsibility for this. I'm sorry, I literally just can't say that without saying it like properly now. <clears throat> Egg watch. The unyielding egg second watch. deflector dome burst like an overheated egg. Egg watch. Eggs egg don't watch. really do. Can I make a? I mean, no. Okay, if you watch. put if you put an egg in the shell into the microwave, they do explode. How would you know this this fun fact? Seth? Hang on, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> no, he <laughs> no. Waste <laughs> an egg. <clears throat> Treat the We're not gonna talk yes, about. Yes, that's the problem. It will waste an egg. It will waste an egg. Um, there there are two kinds of people on the planet. One person is the kind of person who hears me about to do that and says, no, you'll waste an egg. (laughs) And the other kind of person who's like, no, the mess. (laughs) I am both. Meg is is the egg person. (laughs) Don't disrespect the egg. (laughs) Why'd you do that to the egg? No, my... The reason I'm not going to do it, I don't want to clean up that mess. It's the mess. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's the mess. That's Cleaning the a microwave is. is already a pain in the ass. Yeah. Why would you like purposefully Put do it? Semi cooked egg. Why would I purposely <laughs> explode an egg in the microwave? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left of the unyielding after their weapons power down. The bridge is very silent. Hero tells them to get the rescue crews and medics ready. Their Y wings and will are still out there. Quells. Quell's small moment of peace is broken by Chess screaming at the ship and hurling her hydra spanner at the bulkhead. Quell gives her repair advice, but Chess is not here for that. Kairos is just staring out at the stars as the ship hovers, dead in the air. I guess they're still in the air. <clears throat> Chess and Kairos seem different. Chess was less than the person Quell remembered. Quell tries to give more advice, and Chess throws the hydra spanner at her this time. Chess asks if she. Yeah, I wonder why people. Quell feels like less of a person now, or why Chess feels like less less of a person now. Quell, I wonder what could have caused that. Yeah, I wonder what could have caused that. Quell, 
Wonder whose fault that could have been. <laughs> I don't know if Chess, we've like I'm... talked about it. It's, we probably have. I forget things. But like I I just love the detail that right now, whenever it's a chapter from Quill's perspective, it's not Chess. It's Chetik. It's always yeah. Yeah. always the last name. I really when it's like that. From yeah. Quell's perspective. Chess asks if she knew any of the people Quell was with on Nidalek, but no, she didn't. They talk about Ch- Quell's channel. <laughs> they talk about Quell's group at the outpost intermission, which she won't tell Chess. Also, Rickton is just a kid. Oh, man. Really, it is real bad in there. Yep. <clears throat> Quell shudders when she realizes Kairos turned to watch them at some point during their fight. I'm so sorry. I, I have called out every time Kairos and Quell have some kind of interaction. <clears throat> she could have told them the truth that she led Ab Squad to Shadowfall. No, Shadowwing, wrong thing. Um, she wants to tell someone like Ito, but Ito is still dead, and she doesn't think the conversation will go well with Chess. Chess tells her to just fix the ship if she's so smart, so she does what she can because she is smart and doesn't know how to fix ships. Kairos lingers at the doorway near Quell. Once, when the woman's back was turned, Quell observed her a while. Look, if Meg can have Nathan, well, I can have this. <laughs> Quell wonders who these people are. Have they always been this much of a mess? Did she just forget? They have always been a mess, yes, but I'm sorry to say they have gotten worse without you, Quell. Have they always been a mess? (laughs) Yes, they have. But without Quell, the heart of the squadron, they've really fallen apart. (laughs) They really have, though. Kairos approaches her as she works and asks where Adan and Ito are. Quell remembers Adan's first words when she'd saved her life on Cerberon. What happened to Kairos? And she tells Kairos that she tried to save them, but they did. Kairos turns away to stare at the stars again. Quell fixes the hyperdrive without much trouble, but the Nava computer is not doing good. It's corrupted, so the ship can fly and jump to hyperspace, but they can't calculate any jumps. Chess suggests that they go back to Nedalek and trade with the droids, but Quell really doesn't want to do that because of the whole Candine thing. <clears throat> Kairos says she knows, and Chess is like, no what? Kairos points up at the stars, gets to the pilot seat, and fires up the ship. And Chess is like, no what, Kairos? No what? I loved that part. I love this whole bit. (laughs) Quell's eyes is as always. Kairos. Kairos. Uh, I know she's deeply traumatized and like the most serious being on the planet, but I do imagine her also like giggling to herself silently somewhere underneath all that exoskeleton. Yeah. Quell's eyes are fixed on Kairos as Kairos jumps the ship into hyperspace. I don't think she's got an exoskeleton. I feel like she's got like <laughs> lizard skin or some shit. It's very She's got unfair. scales. She's got scales. <clears throat> I don't even know. I don't even have like a vague yeah, she's in my mind of what Kairos looks like. I actually weirdly do, but not like it's not right. It's I believe really not right. don't correct don't quote me on this just it's yet. It's not right. But I believe <laughs> that uh exoskeletons are made of yes yes chitin is an exoskeleton interesting or chitin is the material that makes up the exoskeleton of arthropods i don't think she's a bug danny i feel like i have just discovered that exoskeleton is a word i hate (laughs) it's a word i hate because it reminds me of i feel really uncomfortable and it's because of the word exoskeleton (laughs) all right let's move on don't That's like fine. it at all. Now we can talk about <clears throat> Nath. Yeah, now we can I'm talk about Nath. Filing that to... piece of information into my brain for later use. <laughs> back to Nath. Catch the new uh, catch the new song on my album that's coming out this year, just Exoskeleton. called Exoskeleton. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like the, the kind of song I would get it's in my discovery. Literally, week. it's just it's me screaming Exoskeleton into the mic for two minutes. <laughs> 
Oh my god, that is music that Kairos would listen to, though. Yes! <laughs> that that the is hit, literally the, the music that would turn off a mice discovery. <laughs> Sounds like an Evanef an Evanescent. Exoskeleton, exoskeleton. This sounds like it would be an Evanescent song. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's about my soul being bared to all of those yeah. around me. Yeah. Like any that good Evanescent song. Smile. Yeah, like every Evanescent song. <laughs> Neth makes himself smile and act the hero when he drops out of his Y Wing. He finally relents and lets Ragnall and her team touch his ship. Pretty sure he's disassociating this whole time. A thickly built woman approaches him, and he struggles to remember her name, Giona, then struggles to remember the planet they just fought for. They lost roughly two-thirds of Hale on their run, and only four are left. Giona's insisting they go back out. She's sure she saw Hale Nine eject, and Nath does his best to reassure her. He's having a he's having damn troll flashbacks of burning ships. At first he thinks he's seeing Trenchinovu Tr- again, then realizes it's Troyth. It's PTSD time, baby! <laughs> Hera arrives looking like a woman who'd run a marathon to reach a funeral. She'd, she oh. tells them, yeah, that line is great. <laughs> she tells them they found Will. Get, He's let, alive! Let, let Harrison Dula have a break. <laughs> Please let her have a break. Um, Will's alive, but he's very hurt. Neth, this snaps Neth out of his fugue straight, straight state. Mega, you gonna read this bit? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I cool. got it. Nath grunted a thank you, or meant to. Then he was shoving his way through the crowd. He made it out of the hangar and turned one way, like a fool, as if he were going to the med bay on the Lodestar, then turned the opposite direction. His world narrowed to the sight of his own boots and the sound of his breathing and the ringing in his ears, and an eternity later he was in the med bay, smelling disinfectant and scanning the floating gurneys around him. There was a handful of figures laid out, crew casualties from the Deliverance's own fight. But he rapidly spotted two men in flight suits pushing a gurney into an op- operating suite. On the stretcher lay Will Lark. The boy was still pale, and what was left of his grime encrusted flight suit was soaked with blood. When, yep. when do I stop reading? Because I just highlighted. Uh, that's stuff. good. That's good. Okay. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, there's also another bit for you to read soon. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that bit's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's been good. I um, mean, <laughs> I, I, I have it high, like, I basically have it highlighted from like when Nath is sitting there and then he starts like raging yeah. until Will wakes uh, up and it's just. I mean, I basically have that whole bit for you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Nath is allowed to the medical suite until the Metroid arrives. Nath tells Will congratulations for surviving, can't stop himself from speaking to him even though he knows Will can't hear it. When he blinked, he saw Y-wings burning again. He saw a- Will's A-wing glimmering in the distance. Me, do you want to, do you want to? Actually, no, I'm not going to make you read this whole bit because that's a lot of talking. He tells Will that the dead hail I mean, pilots are heroes, just the way Will likes them, and not everyone can cheat death every time like him. He runs out of words, filled with rage and fear. Oh, okay. Maybe it's your time to shine. Yeah. <clears throat> Will shifted on his cot and turned his head a hair's breadth, a hair's breadth in Nath's direction. His eyelids began to lift, then fell shut again. Nath, he whispered. It's me, Nath said. He sounded tired. Did you save Chidawa? Neth managed an echo of a laugh. Yeah, yeah, we saved Chidawa. Will dipped his chin in something like a nod. Thank you, he said. Thank you. I'm sorry I doubted. Thank you. Neth tapped the boy's shoulder with shaking fingers before stepping back. Medroid will be with you in a second. You rest up, brother. It took everything he had to say the words. 
Now? Especially the word brother. Especially the word brother. <laughs> Nath? Will tried to turn his head again and failed. This time, though, his eyes were open. Wait. Nath shifted where he stood and waited. Will's voice was clearer. His eyes strained to look in Nath's direction. He sounded weak but lucid. There's something I didn't want to tell you. Please listen. I'm listening, Nath said. I spoke to Polinius. I spoke to the elders. They told me, they told me, Nath, that I'm the last. His eyelids fluttered like he was fighting off exhaustion. The last of 120. Everyone else, the others who fought, they're all home now, all of them except me. Nath looked down at the boy, trying to comprehend what he'd heard. Then Will made it clear enough. I want to go, he whispered. I'm ready to go home. Metal hands gently pushed Nath aside as the med droid arrived. He stared a while longer, no longer feeling rage or fear or even shame, but a pity he couldn't remember experiencing before. And when he left the op operating suite, he barely saw the burning ships behind the face of a homesick child covered in dust and blood. I have literal shivers right now. Nope. So Will's having a bad time. <laughs> Will's having a very bad time. I made Nath a joke about Quill being the heart of the squadron earlier, but Will obviously is the heart of the squadron. And Will this is, is not Will is what Luke you want Forge. your heart to be thinking and feeling. No, uh, to just be defeated um yeah i'm i've i've read through chapter 20 and oh, this Mick. hurts this hurts even more knowing what's gonna God damn it. in the future <laughs> um, Mick, stop saying things about the future <clears throat> um but yeah i now speech when he when will's passed out is like so visceral um mm. and ugh. the whole bit's very good what the fuck shadows <laughs> that's all <laughs> i have to say about that. <laughs> that's the subtitle for this entire book <clears throat> chapter 15 obfuscations of undesirable events chess asks kairos if she wants to explain herself now that they've crash landed the ewing in a jungle on a mystery planet and she did not say a word the entire flight so Kairos <laughs> just says that she knew. Knew what, Kairos? We have demons at home. <laughs> I love, I love Kairos so much. She's just I like, her. I knew. I knew. What else do you need? <laughs> yeah, I knew. Look, we let, we survived. We landed. <laughs> egg watch. Gray broadleaf trees hung with globules like melons or egg sacs. Chess points out that Kairos doesn't leave footprints, which is a cool thing. Um, then she says that she's Luke not Skywalker stupid. at the end of The Last Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Um, then Chess says she's not stupid, which is definitely what you say when you're not being stupid. <laughs> but I did write that, and then actually Chess is actually being pretty smart right yeah. now. <laughs> she tells Quill that her mom told her about maggots on Felucia that get blown around the planet on storm winds, but always find their way back home to breed. No, she thinks Kairos' people, this no. is an extended, Hold on. Yeah. Hold yeah, on. It's gross. Maggots yeah. being blown around by the wind? Absolutely. Felucia <laughs> sounds like a terrible place Felucia to visit. Sucks. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. This is an extended metaphor. Uh, she basically thinks that Kairos, it's not a metaphor, it's literal, but it's a metaphor. Uh, she thinks Kairos' people can navigate through hyperspace in some way, which fucking 
rules. Like, I feel like Freed was targeting me in particular when he wrote this entire character. I don't understand why you don't see her as a giant insect woman, because once again... I, I don't see her because of descriptions later in the book. I will say that much. I mean, okay. like, every time, Seth, you're talking about, oh, Freed wrote this just for me. Like, you can just say that you wrote Kairos for yourself. It's fine. No, no, I Freed wrote <laughs> it all, for me. It we all me. have written a self-insert. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. This isn't a self! You think I want to be Kairos? No, I want to hug Kairos. Yeah. <laughs> Self-love is important. I'm glad you're working towards that, Seth. No. I think that's the most that's the most offended I've ever heard Seth. <laughs> I don't want to be a yucky lady. She's not that's yucky, her, she's awesome. Kairos yucky? I mean, she I, offense to that. What if what if Kairos I, hears this? She knows she's yucky. That's like her whole character arc. Is that I'm yucky and I don't yeah. like it. This I'm yucky on the outside and the inside. Yucky. <laughs> yucky. I have to say that word so many times a day these yeah, days. I <laughs> oh yeah, you would. Start swapping it out for exoskeleton. See how that goes. <laughs> Teddy just started saying that. Teddy's first word is exoskeleton. Teddy, don't put your hands in there. That's exoskeleton. <laughs> Listeners, if only you could see Heat's face right now. It's great. He's going to run away from home at an early age. <laughs> <laughs> That's inevitable. All kids do that. Right, they I, assume, saw... I assume that's a normal. Thing oh yeah, I ran away from home a bunch of times. I didn't I make feel like we're not the, the group. <laughs> yeah, to <laughs> Danny. <laughs> Just because you know a lot of people who did it doesn't mean <laughs> <laughs> it's what they should be doing. <laughs> oh yeah, me and all my friends did this thing in high school. It's totally normal. No, no. <laughs> I mean, you did it. You didn't grow up. You know what they say about birds of a feather? Like by yourself for many years. You didn't just like oh, wander same. into open fields for most of the day and no one knew where you were. <laughs> Sometimes I think about the fact that as a kid, I just was able, I was allowed to have a machete and just walk off into the bush and like make my own paths. I think about that sometimes and I'm like, how did I not die as a I mean, child? I was thinking today. Oh my God, someone please draw fan art of child Seth <laughs> with a machete. Huge ass machete. <laughs> I was thinking today, I used to live down the road from a quarry, and I would just hang out in the in the quarry. Why not, honestly? <laughs> You're a true rocker, Ash. Yeah. You're a true rocker. The qu quarry is such a rocker word. It is! <laughs> it is like, it is. Yeah. I was down at the quarry. Oh, <laughs> badass! Okay. Well, the Beatles' first name was the Quarrymen. Yeah, so. yeah. That's why... <laughs> That's probably I know why that, I but... really associated with that. Fun Beatles facts <laughs> Uh, they saw an orbital watch satellite on their way down. It's like, yes, a satellite is orbital um, on their way down, which means if <laughs> there are imps around, they'll know they're here. They need to move, so Quell searches the ship for, like, food and shit. She finds a vaporator, which gives her flashbacks to the crash landing on the asteroid in Cerberon. Kairos tells them that the imps are here. There's a small, not here, here, but here on the planet. There's a small outpost not far from them. Chess asks if Quell can repair the U-Wing, and assuming they get a new database when they have a computer, she sure can. Chess, chess is keen, which I love. She asks if Kairos has any friends around that can help them, but Kairos just says no and walks off. <laughs> chess warns Quell that if she tries to run, she'll just shoot her. And Quell is like, yeah, I figured that out on my own. <clears throat> they walk together through the angle, jungle, jungle, and Chess warns Quell not to try. <laughs> you know that good old silent train. 
You know, um, there's like the Swedish jungles, the young <laughs> And is a dramatic reading here. What about Cerberon? Chetic asked. You can talk about it. Quell thought to herself. Or you can let her shoot you in the back. It took her a while to decide. Finally, she said, <laughs> uh, When I made it off the Lodestar, Adan and Ito and I were stranded on a planetoid in the debris field. We had to hike from the crash site to find a way off. It's hard not to think about. That's where they died? Yes. Chaddock was silent. The quell could still hear boots crushing undergrowth and spattering mud. Eventually, the Thelan said, Guess you think you had it hard. Sort of. Yes. Quell shrugged. She had no intention of sharing more details. Well, you're obviously thrilled to see Kairos popped up alive and okay. Weirder than before, but basically okay. Since you asked about the rest of us, Will's in charge now. You might have picked that up. And he and Natha ended up stuck on Troyth with the dozen or so people who survived Shadowwing's attack. That wasn't me. She wanted to say. I didn't want Shadowwing on Troyth any more than you did. But it wasn't the right time. What about Ragnar? Quell asked. She wasn't sure why she asked. She'd barely known the tattooed ground crew chief, even if she had liked her. Made it through, unlike most of the Lodestar, or Meteor Squadron. Quell fell silent again. She'd wondered often what had happened after the Lodestar's destruction. Hearing Chaddock speak now was like peeling away a bandage to examine an infected wound. Compelling and horrifying and painful altogether. Chaddock paused, then added with a smirk. Quell could hear. I got to join a cult. What? Sure! You weren't the only one stranded. I joined a cult! Children of the Empty Sun. You wanna know what they teach? The wound lay plain in front of Quell. She couldn't look away. Sure. Seeking peace through bureaucracy is a fool's errand. Chaddock said, as if quoting. So what does it matter whether it's the Empire or the Republic, old or new, dropping bombs? The only true peace is found in the Force. And the Force is cultivated through harmony and community and the vision of blessed individuals. What does that mean? It means the whole war is pointless and we should just shut up and do what our cult leader says and we'd all be happier. Probably true, at least for some of us. But you're out here. Yeah, I'm out here. Chaddock said. I'm out here and my cults and Cerberon and all the lectures they gave me are sitting in my B-Wing with those freaking droids. Probably never going to get them back either, thanks to you. I had a lot of stuff in that ship. There was a crashing noise from the tree limbs above. Quell flinched and saw a rock larger than her fist arc overhead, then fall to the dirt ten meters down the path. When the noise of the rustling leaves and the rocks impact faded, she heard Chadwick panting the effort of her Sorry you lost your things. Quell stared and pushed sincerity into her voice, low and steady. She had enough to be sorry about. Adding one more item to the pile was easy. She turned to look at Chadwick, who scowled and shrugged. It's fine, Chadwick said. I was thinking of getting a neural implant anyways. That way I can hear the stupid lectures all the time. That's fine. That's great. They're, they're doing great. Chas is everyone doing is, fine. Everyone seems really put together here. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're doing great. Hey, remember how last episode uh, we were all like, oh, Chas is probably not like really into the cult and just doing it for lulz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we might jinx it there. I think Chas might be really into the cult and not just Chas doing it really... for the lols. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. It's just an extended yeah. bit. Mm. A really mm -hmm. extended bit. Listen, so many I've... balls is a bit. Uh, joining a cult <laughs> is not a bit. That's not a bit. <laughs> mm. 
It depends it's like on after, how long you do it for. It's like after you, what is it? After you joke about something I, times, it stops being a joke. Yeah. I think yeah. you can join a cult as a bit. I think you could. Do you have something to share with us, Heath? No. You no. It's, a... it's not a great bit, but it could be a it's bit. It's a bad it could, bit. It could, it could be a... a bit. The whole point of cults <laughs> is that they draw you in. So if you're joining as a bit, you have to be like really ready to defend and Chess was not. That's not Chess. Oh, yeah. Chess no, yeah. Not. Chess, I'm not Chess. saying I'm not saying Chess should have. Or no, could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking that's generally. The, that's the thing with cults, right? They pull in extremely vulnerable people. And Chess well, is thing an Chess extremely, is an extremely vulnerable, vulnerable person. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, known oh, uh, uh, pillar of emotional stability, Chess. Chess. <laughs> yeah. That's her LinkedIn Chess? bio. Chess calls Quell a walking bruise, which is great and very true. As night falls, Kairos leads him into a cave hidden behind a curtain of vegetation, just like Entangled. Kairos insists stealth is important. There are things worth the Imperials that will see them if they travel above ground, which sounds great. They head a long way down stairs carved into dirt and travel along the tunnel, ignoring side paths. There are paintings on the walls which sound awfully similar to what Kairos drew in the dirt in the first book when telling her story. They find dark figures further down, which per at first appear to be statues, but the effigies driven into the ground, each one wearing a unique mask. Some were made from bone and decorated with leather or beads or dyed reeds, while others were clay or carved bark. One appeared to have been forged from bronze. The masks lacked eyes and mouths, but like the patterns on the walls hinted at expressions when left in shadow. You may remember that Kairos used to have a mask without eyes or a mouth. <clears throat> Kairos explains that they are shells contaminated and discarded away from her people. They make camp in the caves. Chess takes the only thermal blanket, leaving Quell cold. Uh, they eat in silence until Kairos tells them that she's been here before. She was here when the Imperials arrived, but it's difficult for her to explain because Basic doesn't have the right words. She tries explaining anyway, and I'm literally just going to read this because I don't know how to sum her up what she says at all. <clears throat> there are two worlds, Kairos said, not looking up. There are the stars and there is this. The forest, the ocean, everything that is solid. Here in this world are the living, the people, my people. And the stars are all the things not solid and not of the world. I, among my people, I was an emissary. My responsibility was to mediate between the solid world and the world of stars. I spoke for us to invisible beings of air. The empire, it was not invisible, but it was from the world of stars. It called me shaman, but I do not know what the words mean. Kairos' role was to act as a liaison or mediator between her people and the imps, but <laughs> obviously... The Imperials are not exactly receptive to alien species. So they took Kairos to the internment camp that she was at and did experiments on her. Quell tells Kairos that Adan told her about it all. Kairos asks how Adan and Ito died, and Quell tells her that they were injured in the crash landing and she couldn't save them. She doesn't tell her about what happened to Ito, instead telling her that it tried its best to save them and that Adan talked about her a lot. She had been there for them both in their final moments. In the moment, in the morning, they're attacked by something described as a storm of serpents. I can do no better than that, but here's a quote. A dull white seam ran down the thing's underbelly, and at a hundred points along the seam, the thing's flesh parted, splitting wetly to reveal curved teeth. <laughs> Freed, what the fuck is this? I, <laughs> Freed. I'm really into this, actually. I um, am obviously very into this. This is actually my shit, I, but also I, I am not. I am from not. A, from a monster point of view, very into it. Yeah, from someone who likes gross space shit, like, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. But also like, weird free. animals. Yeah. Here here for the here for the teeth snake. Yeah. 
I'm I'm uh, really into it only because it made it so I didn't have to sit there and dwell too long in the really fucking tragic backstory that was just revealed in the pages before. Don't yeah. worry. <clears throat> now we have a corporeal enemy and Thank not you, just our sadness. Enemy. Yeah, we're good, we're good. <laughs> Chess shoots a thing and saves Quell from an attack and Kairos just fucking rips it apart with her bare fucking hands. I love her so much. <laughs> When they finally emerge from the tunnels, they see the Imperial outpost protruding from a rock butting against the cliff. I don't know. It's near the cliff. <clears throat> the outpost is damaged and abandoned. They search for parts for the Ewing or to send a signal off planet. Every now and then they hear a metallic chiming from the jungle and glint shadows. When they eat dinner, Quell asks if they should post a sentry. Kairos says she can't and she refuses to let Quell out of her sight. She says she was given life by Adan and Ito and succeeds them by blood. They are gone and I remain and we are bound. They are bound. So a chess has to take watch. <laughs> Pretty awesome being bound. They're bound together. Because of some blood death. It's a, bud, it's a blood binding. It's fine. <laughs> look, I, I, look. It means that Quell gets to sleep. So, it's just you know, feeding like... the sapphire. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you got to do to sleep. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> You do yeah. you. If you gotta be bound by blood, then you just gotta be bound by blood. Everybody's <laughs> gotta sleep, so that's what you gotta do to do it. No harm, no foul. <laughs> some some harm, some harm, some foul. Some harm, some There's a little bit of harm. Star oh. Wars Alphabet Squadron Part 4. Some a little, harm, a little bit of harm. A little bit of harm <laughs> as a treat. As a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter... 16. Denial of unacceptable truths. Chess continues okay. to hear letters. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. Chess continues to hear letters in her head, knowing that the children would never let her down like Kairos and Quell. Okay. Even though she'd almost killed letters, the cult leader still waited to welcome her back. Her point here is basically that instead of everyone in the cult focusing on themselves and their own internal shit, that they focus on a shared cause. And That's so a good point. she can't be betrayed this because cult. they're all focused on that one thing. <clears throat> No, uh, I said so it. I feel I. <laughs> this is why you play chess. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Drag They're looking out for each other. They've got a built-in community, and there's always like good material if you need something to watch or listen to. They've just got so many pre-recorded lectures, you know. I'm gonna come yeah. get you from this cult. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're gonna have to stitch. Okay, then I'm gonna crash land the ship on my home planet and make you undergo a blood no, that, ritual. Isn't that me? That's me. Oh, I'm getting my characters mixed up. <laughs> Okay, okay. Sorry, how, I, then I'm going to whine about it a lot. How about we all just go to therapy? <laughs> yeah. Can't, yeah. Ito's dead. We're going to get a different therapist, one, a different one, one who is alive. Every work meeting should start with somebody saying, should we all just go to therapy instead? Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we, we accomplish our goals because, for this meeting? Yeah. Are we having this meeting because we're not going to therapy? <laughs> like, can we... Can we just, we're going to get a therapist who's alive and has less needles. Like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> no more spinning needles. No, one, two no qualifications one needs to for a, for a therapist. <laughs> yeah, no one needs my to turn a call. <laughs> no one needs to make any blood packs. <laughs> my two non-negotiables for a therapist. Alive, <laughs> not harboring thousands of needles at any <laughs> One out of two ain't bad. Doesn't just have an exposed <laughs> needle that's rotating every so often. Those are my two non-negotiables for a therapist. 
it's hard these days. There's the shortage of mental health caretakers. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta take the undead. Sometimes you gotta take the undead. The other ones have needles. Or the needles. <laughs> Chess doesn't get much sleep because she's keeping watch and she struggles to nap after breakfast. She feels like shit, obviously. Quell asks if she's okay and Chess is like, yeah, I'm fine. Shut the fuck up. She's mad that Quell has barely talked to her since they found her and hasn't apologized for what she's done. They bicker and Chess walks off. She walks along the edge of the platform, feet half hanging off, and of course doing something near suicidal brands her up. Chess! The afternoon is rough for Chess, which she should have seen coming, but sometimes she was oblivious to the obvious. She's alone and detoxing from the cult, and it's a bad time. She takes watch again, seeing figures in the dark and hearing weird noises. Quell comes out to check on her. She wants to tell her something. She says she's glad for Chess finding the cult because she doesn't just join up with anyone, which means the cult was doing right by her, which I see where you're coming from, Quell. I really do, but I don't think this is the right thing to say. <laughs> Listen, sometimes your friend just tells you some weird shit and you've got to be like, okay, well, let's, okay, the best possible interpretation of this. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like Quell is just like, I don't know how to respond to that, but okay. <laughs> Like, well, we did all fuck you over, and if the cult makes you feel happy, then I guess it's better than us. Or are you trying to kill yourself? Yeah. <clears throat> like, Quell's not, like, I see where she's coming from. She's not I see not where wrong, she's coming also... from, but we didn't really have to talk about the this again. <laughs> yeah. You didn't need to bring it up. <laughs> Chess asks what happened to her tattoo. They talk about loneliness, and Chess admits she never planned on surviving the war. Ch- Quell obviously knows that. <laughs> They're interrupted by the emergence of figures in the jungle lit by bowls of jade fire. They go to tell Kairos. Kairos says that Quell says that Kairos has bonded to her. And I know she doesn't mean it in a gay way, but it's in a gay way. Yeah, yeah. Kairos isn't in the command center where they left her, so they climb up to the upper platform to find her at the platform's edge. Chess asks if the people in the jungle are Kairos's people, and she doesn't reply. So Quell asks the question, and she says yes, because she's only talking to Quell, apparently. Her people are playing Yikes. on driving them out. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. How the turntables. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um to for also, like, Quell is usually the person that Kyra said the most to in the previous book. So Yeah, but like it still really sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember yeah, how Kairos yeah. wanted to judge? Yeah, exactly. Um her people are planning on driving them out, and Kairos insists that they can't know about her. When Quell steps towards Kairos, the woman steps back, her foot hovering in the air. Quell froze and retreated with exquisite care. Kairos, Kairos explains that her people are pure, blood and spirit untouched by what is not them. The Empire is not pure, hence the suits. Kairos was wearing her suit while she healed from the Empire, tending her with their experiments, but she hadn't finished her purging of impurities before she was hurt again and given a dance blood. Kairos part! Kairos part! Kairos part! Sorry, no, sorry, I'm reading this whole part, because um, I've been waiting so long for this she had not been named kairos when she'd been young nor when she had become the emissary of her people for she had taken a second name then as was the custom she had not been named kairos in the camp when they had made her less than she was when they'd ripped away her skin to see what was underneath when she'd seen terrors to scar her soul when those same terrors had attached themselves to every memory she possessed so that she could not remember her people her jungle the beauty of her niece without the taint of nightmares She'd named herself Kairos only after being given life by Adan, who had acted with purity of intent, but given her no choice in the matter. Kairos was the name of the creature who cocooned herself and sought to heal. 
Kairos was the name of the creature bound by blood and spirit and horror to Adan and Ito, and who waged war against the emperor and empire while her soul mended. Who fought the shadow that Adan saw, the shadow consuming worlds, and did so in anger and righteous fury. Then had come Cerberon. Under the black sun, Kairos had watched innocence be sacrificed to summon the shadow, to trap and destroy it forever, and she had died to ensure the success of Adan and Sindula and Erika Quell, the defector. She had accepted her fate, but she had not been permitted to pass on. Again, Adan had given her no choice. Out of love, he had called the surgeons of the New Republic to strip away her suit, her cocoon, her last protection against the world that was not her world. Her body had already mended from the camp, but her spirit had not, and both were racked again as instruments cut her as foreign substances were pumped beneath her skin, as voices reached her unfiltered by the mask, as alien eyes saw her, and in seeing touched her essence. Adan had done this out of love, and Ito too, but their love was not the love of her people. She forgave them, but forgiveness did, not, did nothing to change what had occurred. She had woken no longer truly Kairos, no longer anything, remade in body and incomplete in essence, whole in flesh, but wrong in spirit. She had considered reweaving her cocoon, but then she had been removed from it for too long. Body and spirit were no longer aligned. Her metamorphosis had been aborted, and her incomplete self would need to pursue its journey with the soul-crippled form it possessed. She might have accepted this too. She understood necessity. She had never expected to return home. She could not accept the disgrace of her people knowing what had become of her. She explained it as well as she could to the defector who was the last of Vedan and Ito, and to Chasna Chaddock who burned. The words were clumsy and blunt, and the alien tongue she spoke conveyed only a reflection of truth. And Chas's reply is, that's messed up. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> Same vibe. Same vibe. Um, I would like to highlight the candle turned back on. I know you're <laughs> resting because there's no more Nath and Will, but okay. I would like to highlight the, the sentence, she forgave them, but forgiveness did nothing to a change what had occurred. Mm. And I think good thing that's to remember. a very good lesson. Because even if you, if someone apologizes and you forgive them, that does not mean that the harm never existed. It does not make up for the harm that happened. Um, they still have to take the actions in order to do better. And sometimes yeah. there's nothing you can, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, so forgiveness can be good, but it doesn't, it's not the end all to a situation in which someone has done something wrong yeah and kairos is so cool kairos is very cool kairos is so cool that's messed <laughs> up jesus christ Jess. thanks thanks chess <clears throat> quell says that she could try to talk to her people but kairos knows it won't work and chess tells her to let kairos make her own choices but they do have a problem because kairos's people want to kill them <laughs> so they need to convince him they're gone without exposing kairos because she's their friend and they care about her Chas suggests putting on a light show, so they work through the night wiring up the outpost and gathering the stuff they need for repairs. There was nothing complicated about it. They were doing it for Kairos. Oh. They leave the outpost before dawn, and Chas detonates the places they run, laughing a whole lot. Quell half smiles. We get a little bit of a Quell smile. Quell tells Kairos that she's pretty sure her homeworld's free from the Empire at this point, and Kairos says that she's happy. As Quell repairs the U-Wing, Chas uh, asks Quell to tell her about her mission, but Quell won't do it yet. Would she tell her she hadn't beaten her up on Nindalik? Probably not, but she would have felt worse about refusing. Chess climbs atop the Ewing and lounges in the sun while Quell repairs the ship, thinking of the future beyond the war, which seems very bad to her. The idea of losing everything that's happened over the last few days with Quell and Kairos scares her, and she nearly cries at it. 
She plans to rejoin the cult after the war, though before the war ends, she still has her backup plan. Quill emerges from repairing the Ewing, satisfied by what she'd accomplished and mourning the betrayals to come. Bad. That's that's bad, Quell. Like that's it. bad. What betrayals bad. to come? What betrayals Quell. to come? Quell. Quell. <laughs> what betrayals? What betrayals? <laughs> yeah, I read that line and I was like, can we like, please God just not with it. the ping you've, pong anymore? You've had enough betrayals. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool, Quell. And they were finally like working it out. It's going to be good. And then she said that. And I was like, fucking hell, Quell. No, your, your betrayal We have betrayals at home. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's enough betrayals. We have betrayals at home. We're not we stopping for more betrayals. too many betrayals at home no. already. They're about to expire. Go home and use your... Pulls <laughs> into the McDonald's parking lot or uh, drive drive through, yeah. orders one black coffee and leaves. Yes. No betrayals, <laughs> just coffee. betrayals at home. <laughs> Stop it. Um, Chess, Chess and Quella actually getting along. Wow. Quell watches the shift of her muscles beneath her shirt. She has gay thoughts. She was beautiful. She was also vindictive and strident and confused. So was Kairos. So were Frareda and Richton and even Candine. And though she wouldn't, couldn't forgive Shadowwing any more than she could forgive herself, she could acknowledge that her old comrades weren't monsters. Had never been monsters. Okay, Quell, keep it in your pants. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, got a good old classic Freed uh, list there. <laughs> Chas was beautiful. So was and then, <laughs> eleven other people, <laughs> and we were we were all monsters. So was every woman that Quell had ever looked at, all of them. Well, yeah, Quell. If if people haven't picked up on this by now, I, I'm starting to feel like Quell and Quell and Chess are in game. There's a there's a line in the Rogue One novelization where like it's after Cassian comes back and saves Jin, and Jin's like he looked more beautiful than anyone she had ever known. Chas's version of yeah. this is just. She looked as beautiful as everyone I've ever known. <laughs> as everyone I've ever known. <laughs> hmm. Somehow doesn't seem like that much of a compliment. <laughs> yeah. And yet. And yet. Yet. She's not sure if Keys is right, but she intends on finding out. Right about what? Who the fuck knows? So she disables. It doesn't matter because the answer is nothing ever. <laughs> uh, she disables logging functions and sends out a long-range communication. A projection of Grand Moth Rand moth uh tells keys that they need the 204th at jakku keys knows the imperial victory at jakku is very slim he points out that the 204th is not what it was but Rand says they can figure that out when they get there soren fantasizes about ordering his unit to the other side of the galaxy lying to his people to get them away from jakku but they would never forgive themselves if they discovered the truth they need to be there but no matter what soren needs to act the yadis receives a coded signal designated for soren and he knows instantly who it's from they have a brief chat, and he blames himself for where she is. She's determined to know what he's going to do now that he has the location of the resource from the messenger. He's going to take action. She says people will die, but he asks about those who will live. He asks her intentions, but she doesn't reply. He misses her, wishes to ease her soul. <laughs> oh god, the chapter just keeps going. Uh, I feel like I forgot to mention that I did. I totally missed a whole bit. I, ho- I missed a whole bit! <laughs> Okay, after the betrayals, before she was beautiful, we're going back there real quick. <laughs> Kairos retrieves her mask in the emergency compartment. They leave the ship and hike back to the caves, where they build an effigy for her, setting the mask in place together. I am no longer changing, Kairos said. I do not know what I am. The nude woman! Kairos is naked, naked Kairos alert! <laughs> Yeah, okay. I was really confused. I thought, like, the show, like, 
things were left out of the show notes or like yeah they were in the wrong order because i kept see i was like Saf hasn't mentioned naked kairos <laughs> Yeah, I was really like, confused. I got to a point. I was like, wait, how was Naked Kairos? How are we already talking about keys if we haven't talked about Naked Kairos? <laughs> Kairos is naked. Uh, Quell hadn't told the whole truth when she came, when she said she fixed the Nava computer and she hadn't needed an Imperial core necessarily. She'd cross-referenced the messenger's coordinates with the data that she'd gotten from the surgeon and remembered. Nope. The data on the paracore. I don't fucking know. And her discovery fills her with dread, but we don't know what it is yet. And then she looks at sleeping chat and has the whole beautiful thing. And then we go back to case. Uh nope. The chapter just keeps going and we go back to the deliverance. A bunch of ships orbit Jadawa with the deliverance now. Hera will be turning over local operations to fleet commander Hellop soon enough. She's on the bridge when a U-wing and a B-wing emerge from hyperspace. She tells them to alert Nath and books it to the hangar. Once again. <laughs> Having to run to the hangar. Ragnall is not impressed with how much damage the ships have taken. Orange Hair Newbie is here also. Nath is joking about Kairos when Quell emerges from the Ewing, looking like shit. She, Kairos, and Chess all look at ease together somewhat. Hera approaches Quell and says, Welcome home. <sighs> Nath has been running around that Imperial Star Destroyer all day. <laughs> yeah. Alphabet Squadron is somewhat back together now. They're all a lot, same worse, ship. a lot worse for wear. They're all the they're same, the same ship. ship. Shout out to Hera, who in her brain is like, I should really yell at her. I definitely should yell at her. Nope, there'll be time for that. What she needs to hear right now is welcome home. Listen, yeah. there's always time. There's always a time later <laughs> to yell at your kids. But you also have to know, you also have to let them you'll, know that first you You'll always you get them. a chance to yell again. Yeah. You don't cause a scene in the middle of the Walmart, no. right? It's like you yell at no. them when you get back to the car. We have, I will a, cause we have a, scene a scene at in home. The middle of, a, of a Walmart. <laughs> we have a scene at home. We have a lot of things at home, it seems. Yeah, yeah. we have a lot of things at home. Stop. Yeah. We stopped up. More shit. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go home. <laughs> I was about to make a. I was about to make <laughs> a very dark are. joke about That's my childhood, the, but we're not. We're gonna, we're gonna pass. We're gonna pass the dark jokes about childhoods. We've had enough of that today. <laughs> We've had enough dark childhoods today. <clears throat> uh, speaking of dark childhoods, should we answer some listener questions? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. Great. Great. Uh, last week we asked, <laughs> do I have to read this whole thing again? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Last week we asked, who should we put Fs in the chat for? You tell us, and then we'll decide if we are actually putting Fs in the chat for them or not. And you will get to hear us put the Fs in the chat live. It will be great. We promise. <laughs> Does everyone have um, their chats open and ready to go? I do. Uh, uh, no, I also have on. my answer, which is... No, because I have uh, to read these. Okay, I have my chat open. I have my chat open. Um, Fs I'll in the chat if for I'm an F in the chat. My, my love of Ahsoka. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> it's dead now. I put an F in the chat for that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I'll put I. an I F like in the chat down. because you know what? Yeah, I, I was yeah. never, I was never like an Ahsoka fan. Like I don't care about Ahsoka either way. But like I think it's really disappointing that a lot of people were forced to not be as attached to her anymore because they decided to use a transphobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They decided to be fuckwits about it. They, yep. And I think that's I think that's very sad for people. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, F in the chat for um, this little square inch of 
facial hair that is no longer there because it has been electrocuted into oblivion. Nice. One little I do bit want to at a time. Space to that, so I'm giving you an if. Yeah. Yeah. Paying respects to that. See ya. Um, F in the chat for everybody who is actually from the South who has to listen to my Western accent on the Padre Lorian. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so me. Big gifts in the chat for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting an F in the chat for that. They are blessed to be able to hear that. Oh, thanks, Dan. No it's truly, needed. it's truly a treasure. It's actually, yeah. I'm taking my F back. It's something. It. You revoke an F <laughs> once it's been chatted. You just, you just do this. Yeah, you just, restart the game. <laughs> you just restart the game. <laughs> Whoa! Give me report card flashbacks there. <laughs> you got an F minus. No, they, they got a minus F, Only in which gym. is worse. They got a minus F. I also got a minus F in gym. Um, F in the chat for my eight-year-old uh, computer, or not computer, keyboard that finally died yesterday. Oh, definitely like F, F in the, the chat, chat for that one, yeah. Yep. Thanks, for, thanks for doing that for us. In fact, I'll give that an thanks F plus. Work. <laughs> plus F. F in the chat for uh, Constable Zuvio. Nope. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no F's. To say. No F's. Oh, I will always put an F in. I'll put an F in the chat. Constable Zuvio deserved better. Did he better. die? He deserved better. He deserved better. Eh, depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's a cop. I'm sorry. I don't have. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. A Z A B, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No, you can keep the C. All constables are best. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. That's getting really personal. Yeah, that, yeah. A little too specific. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know his family. I don't mean to call out the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, our listeners. Jay said. Ash was right. I have no idea what F in the chat means. <laughs> and I have no intention of looking it up. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it Blazeball? I will never know. Um, and then about 24 hours later, Jay said, <laughs> now that I know what F in the chat means, F in the chat for broke Vessery, who would have been so much worthier than Soaring Keys. Absolutely. I will always get an F in the F, chat F, for F, broke Vessery. Several so many the chat for There's a lot of Vessery. Fs in the chat. Um, broke. Odie said F in the chat for Aaron Alston, just in general. Capital F. Yeah. Oh. So much respect for that man. Yeah. F plus. Um, Tom the Fanboy said F in the chat for, and I don't know how to read this. It looks like it's in well, period, grave. period, dash, 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 um, I think this is a reference to the origin of F in the chat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's um, a, yeah, it a is. text-like drawing of the gravestone in the game. Okay, that's a very clever reference then. I like that. <laughs> okay. That's for William R. Irons, Lance Corporal, United States Marine Corps, Korean War II. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It's it's don't worry it's video games don't worry about it. I Call never, of Duty is uh, never worry about Call of Duty's a thing. Call of Duty's a game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, look, there's the only future... so many ancient wars. 
to future William Irons, an F in the chat. <laughs> I mean, he's the original from the chat. I'm going to give yeah, him I, yeah, because you started this. I'm, I am not. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> X-Wings in History said, big F in the chat for ever finding out what a seal sailor was up to after Isar's Revenge. Ugh. Great follow through legends. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know what happened. A lot of Fs that one. More like, fuck you, Asir. What? Yeah. What? Did you ever? Did you ever come back F and tell Gavin you weren't alive? You. Yeah, the F is for fuck you. The F in the chat is for fuck like, you. Like I get, here. I get what you did. I get what you did and why you did it. But like, Gavin fuck really you. thought. Gavin really thinks you're dead. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks, man. It really sucks. Um, dinner leader said F in the chat for all the astromechs that New Republic pilots have lost before. Oh, there's so many. Yeah. Big F. I'm doing a lot, like infinite ifs for that one. There's, there's a lot. There's many. Yeah. Mika said, "Put an F in the chat for higher Grand Moff Mantween Mantween the third. Hashtag, gone but not forgotten. Hashtag, release Mantween the fourth. <laughs> it's Mantween yes. the fourth being held. <laughs> Mika also said, "Bonus F for glistening pecs." Uh, oh yeah. Effortless. That answer is so self-indulgent. For context, that for I context, love it. <laughs> yeah. For context, glistening pics is doing fine and living a good life. Oh great, 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 great. Does not update for you. Yeah. Good. Yubzy said you should put S in the chat for hobby, not because he's dead. He could just use and respects because his life is like that, and everyone thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> Isn't Hobby super dead though? Canonically, Hobby was cra crashed and then stepped on by an ATAT -AT during the Battle of Hoth. Uh, yeah. But we don't subscribe to that nonsense. Yeah, I'm not putting an F in the chat because it validates that. Yeah, he's yeah, not dead. No, none, none he does deserve respect though. Also, Wiz is holding me at gunpoint, preventing me from putting an F in the chat for Hobby. <laughs> right. I don't know how Wiz he got into my house. Camera. But... Yeah, with <laughs> drunk. I mean, aren't you in Wiz is like, yeah, put an F in the chat for hobby. Try it. Yeah, it's <laughs> not dead. Uh, Dylan said, "I love this answer so much." Oh. I am F pre in the putting chat. F in the chat for Dylan. F yeah. in the chat for the alumni who keep being denied their Jedi bones. <laughs> so many Fs. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. And then finally, Bentham's icon. Um, Seth, you've read the book. Should I read this out loud? Yeah, yeah that, that yeah, happened yeah. in okay. the chapters. F in the chat for Will Lark's A-Wing. Ugh, yeah. it is smashed. <sighs> if, if for the A-Wing. Uh, Will Lark's F-Wing. <laughs> oh, the F-Wing. <laughs> I'm giving, I'm giving... The F-Wing is I'm just giving... like a really shitty New Republic ship, and everyone who flies it dies. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, There's no. constantly Fs in the chat. Oh, no. So it's a Y-Wing. Oh, no! <laughs> um, I'm giving a glistening buddy to Dylan for the Lanai. Yeah. They yeah, have sure. been cheated out of so many bones. So many bones. It's true. I'm going to give mine to Jay. Good. Oh, God, I miss Broke Vestry so much. Yes. Oh, I love Broke Vestry. <laughs> um, keys I does not match up. I'm giving mine to Mika because I love a self-indulgent answer. <laughs> yeah, I love I love a good sucking up callback. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a while since we got an answer that just 
blatantly stroked our egos. And yeah, yeah. It felt nice. That's good. That's good. I like the feeling. I will give I will give a glistening body to whichever member of Rogue Padron will give me a question to ask for next week. Oh, man. <laughs> Shit. Oh no. Uh, uh, Heck. Uh, Heck. <laughs> wait, I have one. Is it? Is it I, I put it in the wrong place. Yeah, Hang I was on. like, I don't see anything. In I don't know where There's I typed it, but it was not There's worth nothing it to in me. the document. Um, <laughs> it was meant to be in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all caps. For a second, the only thing on the screen was just what? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Anyway, I, th- so- I think I needed. I need to come back to that question next week. What? Yeah. I think the question should be, "What did Kairos know?" <laughs> <laughs> this is the question. <laughs> this is the question. All right. <laughs> this week's question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Freed is running out of ideas and is uh, <laughs> trying to get some brainstorming from our glisteners here. God. Take this wherever you want to take it. Yeah. The question this week is, what are some other words that rhyme with yadiz? Please help me. <laughs> Please But help I already me. used that one, so not that one. Uh, what's the worst possible thing that could happen next? So many things. Dinosaurs. Um, but what's the worst thing? The a black hole swallows the entire universe, and they all cease to exist. You know what? That actually is that the worst. Like that's actually bad. That sounds that's pretty nice. Bad. I feel oh. like everybody now. It happens to everyone equally, you know. Yeah, like everyone just gets to rest. There's no one left to know what happened. No. We just get to no. rest. It does that to everyone except one person. Is is the worst thing that could happen? Quell is the only one left. Except Quell. Oh, no. <laughs> That is okay. That is that's pretty bad for Quill. Uh, um, I guess the. Oh. I think the worst thing that could possibly happen next is that it's revealed that the children of the empty sun are actually the knights of Ren. Oh god! <laughs> that is really bad. <laughs> I hate that. Did I give you the heebie-jeebies? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. For me, the worst possible thing that could happen next. Um, is if uh, Will just dips and goes home to Polinius without telling anybody about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nath would murder everybody. (laughs) Nath would murder everybody. I think the worst thing that could happen next is that it's revealed that Will was the Imperial spy this whole time. What Imperial spy? That would be really bad. (laughs) Is there not a spy in this one? No. They keep missing that there's, there's, always, there's always a spy, right? <laughs> Just because there hasn't been mention of a spy yet doesn't mean there's not a spy. There's always right, there's a, spy. a spy. There's definitely a spy. And it's definitely Will Lark. Oh, that sucks. The whole thing with Soren was all part of the act. Oh, that sucks. I think the worst possible thing that could happen is Chess or um, the, uh, Quell be revealed to be uh, heterosexual. <laughs> That'd be the oh, worst God, thing. Oh, God, that would be so bad. Oh, I actually know what the worst thing is. Uh, the it? worst thing that could possibly happen is if my Kindle dies right <laughs> as um, Nath and Will confess their love for each other. <laughs> That's the worst possible thing that could happen. As uh, someone who loves tragedies, there are a lot of things I could be saying here. Um, but I'm going to say none of them, and I'm going to say instead the worst possible thing that could happen is that Corrin Horn a pilot turns <laughs> 
like truly, the worst possible thing for me it's personally. Like, truly, it's the worst. like you're. They're like out of luck. They're about. They're about to. You know. And then suddenly ah. they're like, whoa, whoa! It's like an Avengers Endgame, and Captain it's Marvel me. shows up. It's like, what's in the sky? It's no. Nar. It's Corn like, on a pilot. Oh my god! They're like in the final Daddy battle. Won. <laughs> oh my god! They're in the final battle, like against the two o fourth, and then Corrin fucking Horn shows up. <laughs> I would literally just throw my Kindle in the rubbish. <laughs> I would just throw it in the trash. <laughs> like the day I would go out, throw it into the outside bin. As yeah. the rubbish truck is pulling up, so it can yeah. take it away right take away. Take it back. Not just that he shows up, but that he like saves them all and becomes the hero of the New yeah, Republic. Yeah, he actually oh, easily God. just breezes in. Yeah. He and would fucking takes do out that too. All too. of the two hundred fourth. Like yeah. so, kills my answer was the same answer, except instead of Cornhorn, I was gonna say Snap Wexley. Also, oh, that's that's worse also the worst. <laughs> yeah. And oh. significantly more likely, unfortunately. But isn't he <laughs> yeah. like eleven? Yeah, he's still a kid <laughs> right now. Point. I don't think he's been also, he's on, by his he's on Jakku at the moment. Oh wait, no, yeah. they're about the Jakku thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't tell. know what the time period of this book is. So yeah, this is they're, like they're during... heading up to the Battle of Jakku. Yeah, so like yeah, this so is he's kind of Jakku. the same the same yeah. timeline as after Meowth. He's off having to deal with Blech. the fact that his dad, who he thought was dead, is actually alive, and Wedge wants to sleep with his mom. There's just a lot going on with him. I mean, yeah, because... <laughs> We've all been there at some his point. His mom was a presumed widow. Yeah. Cool his, anyone that's ever a... been in the proximity of Wedge has had to deal with this in some degree oh or another. I, I would happily kill my ex. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I would do a lot of things to Day Wedge is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. Who among us? <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, hit us up with your answer to this week's question at our Twitter <laughs> at RoguePodron. Our email is RoguePodron at gmail.com. Our website is RoguePodron.com. I have nothing for you, but subscribe to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash RoguePodron. Yep. <laughs> I used up all that energy writing the keys bit. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe via the Rogue Potter feed on your favorite podcatcher and rate and review us on iTunes, please. We love the stars. And it, it, as I've said before, it's a great prank to play on other people because then they see our podcast and try listening to it. Yeah, that's the best prank you could ever play. That's the best part about it. Tricking them into listening to Rogue Potter. <laughs> yeah, it rolls. <sighs> all right. So next time. On Rogue Padron, Victor's Prize, <laughs> chapters <laughs> 17 through 19. Oh, those are some chapters. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pew 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 p